Welcome to S-Class, the highest tier in podcasting. With me, the deadliest gaming assassin on this side of the internet. They call him the blue screen of death. It's Robert. Actually, I did not play Assassin's Creed this year, so Assassin is probably <laughs> not the best name for me. Well, you will be an assassin today as 17 of these games get murdered. And I am your host, returning from Japan, a minor inconvenience on your portable console, the Joy-Con Drift, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd say you're a little bit more than a minor inconvenience. I'd say you're um more of the Xbox Red Ring of Death that just absolutely destroys everything. I'm not sure if this is a compliment or an insult. But I'll take it. No, no, it's a, it's an insult. <laughs> <laughs> well, Robert, you and I are rubbing off some of the rust. We are back together after a two month hiatus. Um, I am back from glorious Nippon, and Robert, you were right where I left you. And today, <laughs> yeah, we're no, bringing I'm to our audience <laughs> our 2023 S-Class Game of the Year podcast. Robert, how are you feeling? This was an interesting year for gaming for us, I think. Uh, I'd say quality over quantity, right? Uh, maybe neither. I believe the word you used <laughs> to describe it was what, Robert? Oh, I don't remember. I believe the word was booty cheeks. <laughs> oh, yeah. This year was booty cheeks for gaming. Um. Yeah, so we have 18 games to be determined how good any of them are. But if this is your first time listening, the way this works, if you haven't been here before, we have 18 games that Rob and I have played over the last 12 months, and we'll be eliminating them one by one until only one remains. If there's anything that we want to veto or deny, we can do that and we can make arguments for it. Um, and one more thing is that each of these games may not have come out in 2023, but it is a game that we played this year. Am I missing anything, Rob? Now, let's preface this with the fact that we didn't necessarily each play these games, right? So we're, we're trying to figure this out as we go along just based on hearsay or just a gut thing. Or, like, you have Pokemon Sleep listed here. That's obviously the first elimination. <laughs> I never played it, but I know it's absolute garbage dog water. Well, so, you know, you know we'll just because I didn't play it doesn't mean I can't nominate it. I think we actually played no same games this year together. Well, you um, played so, some that I have played, though. Okay, okay. Yeah, so a lot of hearsay will be happening. Actually, let me ask you this. I played a couple games during MAGFest at the beginning of this year, and I only played them, like, once or twice. Do those games qualify to be on this list? No, come on. You need at least, yeah, like, I, two hours. I didn't think so. Yeah. That's fair. I didn't think so, but I wanted to double-check and see if we could push us to 20 games. <laughs> We're not getting to 20. It didn't <laughs> happen this year. All right, Rob. Uh, I'll go through the first half of the list, uh, and then I'll pass it over to you. Uh, starting off in alphabetical order, A Short Hike, Bastion, Bug Fables, The Everlasting Sapling, F-099, Fire Emblem 99, Fire nope. Emblem Engage, <laughs> Fire Emblem Engage, Florence, Hollow Knight, Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom, and Pikmin 4. Rob, why don't you take it from there? Then we got Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, Pokemon Sleep, Robo Rush, Sonic Frontiers, Sonic Superstars, Spy Fox, Some Assembly Required. <laughs> okay, yes. Super Mario Bros. Wonder, Super Mario Land 2, The Six Golden Coins, Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel. Wow, what a list. That's, uh, that's a rough list. <laughs> How many people do you think we just lost? Uh, I think we gained people from Spy Fox. Definitely. I think that this is probably the only Game of the Year podcast that has Spy Fox. Spy Fox 2, actually, on, on its list. Oh, 100%. Robert, uh, a couple stats before we begin. We each played nine of these 18 games, and I like to keep track of this for myself because I'm a cheap ass. I spent $33 on gaming this year, which is Damn. kind of a tell of the quality of the games that I played. It's not bad. All right, Rob. Uh, why don't I pass over the ceremonial dagger and let you start us off with number 18. Pokemon Sleep. It is Pokemon Sleep. I It's 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 garbage. I hate these mobile Pokemon. I hate all Pokemon games at this point, but the mobile ones are even more like just terrible and evil and trying to steal your money. And once again, I have not touched Pokemon Sleep. I don't even know what the app icon looks like. I know nothing about it. I refuse to even download this and play whatever free version of this garbage there is because I just will not support this exploitation. That's probably the game I put the most hours into this year, possibly. Uh, and it's literally just a sleep tracker that's supposed to help you sleep. But I think it made me sleep way worse. And then 
when I finally decided to delete it when I was in Japan, there's like a sense of calm and peace in my life again. And sadly, it is deserving of the number 18 spot. And the irony, too, is that you're a terrible sleeper to begin with. Yeah, that's why I downloaded it to see if it would help me. And then it became addictively fun. I don't know if fun's the word. Maybe just like an addiction, like alcohol or drugs. Like that's how I felt because I was just constantly checking it and feeding my Snorlax. It's stupid. It's it's You were absolutely right. I tried to make argument otherwise a few months ago. I was wrong. You were right. Yeah, this is number I could have told you that. <laughs> All right, you're up. <laughs> number 17. Do you have any bad games, Rob? I do. I do absolutely you? do. Okay. Yeah. Anything that's like, that's absolutely booty cheeks that needs to go. Otherwise, I got I got a couple that aren't great. I mean, I couldn't stand Sonic Frontiers. I got it on sale for, I think, like $20, like deep into the year. It, I think it came out last November, but I wasn't buying it at $60. And honestly, I still feel like I wasted money on it at $20. That's, that's not a great feeling. The game was boggy. It, it, it like called itself like an open world Sonic, but the open world was worthless and empty and bland and generic the actual like sonic gameplay levels that it did have in it just felt i don't know they didn't feel like they worked in the game they felt too short i did not like anything about this game i think i think that is qualifying for number 17 not not a good thing to say about it um question is sonic good in 2023 no sonic sonic hasn't been good in 3d since sonic adventure 2 battle and in 2d we had Sonic Mania in, I think, 2018, which was awesome and probably the best Sonic game there is. But since then and prior to that, there's not a lot going on. Sonic's still not great. I, I remember in middle school or high school, Sonic games would go on sale for full retail GameCube price. And then, like, I swear not even a couple months would pass and they'd be like $15. Like, retailers were, like, throwing them at you to get rid of them, like Sonic well, DX and stuff like this that. This Sonic Superstars came out in late October for $60. Frontiers or Superstars? Superstars now, which is a 2D Sonic game. I'm not getting rid oh, of so it yet. We're, we're, we're already moving on to the second one right now. Well, Sonic Frontiers, we already have at 17 I, I'm just bringing up what you're talking about. Is that okay, Sonic okay. Superstars was $60 in October, and I got it for 30 You know, it's we're at the beginning of December. It's only a month, and it's already half off. Jeez. How are they still making they Sonic games. games when they can't even make a profit on them? I I don't know. I'm sure they're making money because these things release in such buggy states that they might be completely underfunded to begin with anyway. Sure. And yeah, they're grinding Japanese people to their soul and they are not being paid a normal laborer's wage. So it is what it is. Uh, there it is. Sadly. <laughs> Robert, <laughs> number 16. What do you got? Um... <laughs> Oh, God. I also played Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel, and I despised Master Duel. I did not... I, I like Yu-Gi-Oh! I love Yu-Gi-Oh! But I downloaded Master Duel, and, you know, obviously a lot of people's problems with Master Duel is just, like, how try-hard everyone was. My problem with it is just the interface of it was atrocious. Like, I couldn't figure out how to buy a deck I would have wanted if I wanted to. Like, I tried to, like, look into how to buy my Amazonist deck and how to like put it together in Master Duel. I could not for the life of me find anywhere in that game where I could have just bought my deck. I would have been fine paying real money to use my deck and I just could not figure out how to do that. Yeah, it it wasn't that hard, but it was very roundabout way because of all the different currencies. Like you had to sell your ultra rares and super rares to get points to buy another card uh, that you specifically wanted. It, it wasn't that bad once you figured it out, but I know what you're talking about. Well, I never got past that part. <laughs> um it, it was fun while i had it for a little bit but i think that the what's the gap in skill between you and the next person because of the solitaire like gameplay of the current state of Yu-Gi-Oh is just so miserable that i would just sit here playing for 20 minutes and not actually play and then they'd beat me like in three turns later and it was just right again toxic toxic gamer energy so it was fun for a little bit but slowly you start realizing how poisonous this game really is so are you fine getting rid of it here I have one that's a little bit worse, but I could get rid of it here because of our mutual dislike of it. Yeah, I have severe disdain towards it. Okay, I can let it go at 16. Number 15, I will get rid of Hollow Knight, which is a highly wow. revered game. Have you ever played it? No, I haven't played it, but I only ever hear about how much people love it and how desperate people are for the sequel. 
which I think was like announced like 28 years ago, even though the game didn't come out that long ago. But like the sequel has been in flux for so long. I've just heard like passing bys of Hollow Knight. I don't even know what the game was about when I downloaded it. And it's this, it's this, it's a beautiful little game. The the background art is gorgeous. It plays fine. Um, I think I had two major problems with it. Number one, I'm not actually good at gaming, and this game is like yes. kind of like a Souls like, but uh, Castlevania. So it's extremely, hmm, what's the word, unforgiving. Well, like, yeah, if it's a Metroidvania, which I'm pretty sure it is, then those games are typically harder than your average platformer, and you're already terrible at games to begin with. I actually am decent at Metroidvanias. Like, I've played a good handful of them, like Castlevania and um, a couple of indie ones, and I really enjoyed them, which is why I was like, oh, this is going to be great. But this one is like, the, the enemies are so ridiculously hard. I must have died so many times. And the, the one thing they do, which I think they borrowed from Dark Souls, is if you die, you lose all of your money that you just grinded up, and you have to, like, defeat your past self in order to get your soul back and get all of your money back. But if you don't do that in a timely fashion, all the money's gone. And I was grinding for this one item that I spent like two hours getting, and I didn't know this was a rule. And then my soul beat me or it got away. And I was like, what happened to my $2,000? Back to zero. <laughs> and I was, I was just heartbroken. I put the game down after that. Um, so that's me being a bad gamer. The, the second reason is, I think, a legitimate reason. And I think that it's because it's not very intuitive on which way to go to progress the story. I felt lost at least like a half dozen times in the few hours that I played it. And I was like, I'm stuck. How the hell do I keep going? And I know Metrovania is, is kind of gives you the freedom to, but I couldn't even feel like I could make progress in one section, nonetheless, choosing the right direction, if that makes sense. I will agree with you. There's a lot of times in Metroid games where I've just felt stupid, where I'm like, I don't know why I can't figure out how to progress. And I know the reason is that I'm a moron, but like when I'm playing video <laughs> games, I don't want to feel like an absolute moron. So I totally get what you're coming from on that end. Yeah, I just wish they dropped some hints. Like, you need to find the key. The key is in this castle. Here's a map. Like little simple bullshit that just helps me play a game rather than just searching endlessly and mindlessly. That's not fun for me. Um, so yeah, number 15 for Hollow Knight. Maybe I'll give it another go one year. Where, because there has to be some sort of appeal to it, but not for a while for me, at least. I just want to, <laughs> I just want to bring up the fact that Hollow Knight, which is one of the most highly regarded indie games, you know of all what time, game you're about to say in 30 seconds is below Spy Fox. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, yeah. And that is an accurate representation of how shitty Hollow Knight is and how great Spy Fox is. Frankly, I gotta throw spy fox in at this point i mean if it got past hollow knight which we'll give it but i mean spy fox is literally a game made for four-year-olds in 1995 <laughs> <laughs> um so in in this this is spy fox 2 once again i must clarify last year you had um, spy fox 1 correct correct yes so you uh i also want to say you're at the pace of one spy fox game a year because that's all your 31 year old brain can handle while a five-year-old could probably no, bang no, no, them no. out in a week. <laughs> well, actually, they're quite hard. Uh, I'm using a tutorial <laughs> for this one. <laughs> That's a problem. Because last year, all right, last year I played Spy Fox 1, which is about a goat who didn't like people drinking dairy milk, so he's trying to destroy all the dairy milk farms in the world. Uh, this one is about a, a cockroach with a Napoleon complex who, who doesn't like wind-up toys or something like that. It's kind of funny. Um, I think I, I'll, I'll treat this like a legitimate game as much as your face says this is ridiculous that we're even talking <laughs> about this. Um, those games are for zany children or zany games for children that have endless amounts of time. I'm not here for the gameplay. I'm here for like the silliness in the witty dialogue. So I'm literally just following a, a Wikipedia tutorial and it's kind of it's kind of enjoyable. Should it go out here? Yeah, absolutely. But uh, I've been playing that, and I didn't beat it yet, but I beat half of it the other day just to try to bolster up our, our list of 18 games. Um, and honestly, it's been a positive experience. That's all we can ask for, then. Uh, you know, if you want to push it further, be my guest. <laughs> no, it does not deserve to go any further than this. But I mean, it's I still have games right here, here that were negative experiences, so if this was a net positive for you, <laughs> you know. Honestly, because last year when I played it without the tutorial, I'm like, 
I'm a 30 year old man. I can figure out how to play Spy Fox. I'm like, fuck this game. It was sort of the same problem I had with Hollow Knight. Like, where's the direction? Uh, but when you're like, okay, well, kid it's with very different. Time, <laughs> it's it's exactly the same. <laughs> it's exactly the same as Hollow Knight. <laughs> uh, but but you don't know. Hear me out. You don't know where to go because the kids have endless time. So you, you can click on everything and they're having a great time. And it's also 1995. So they have nothing better to do. Uh, me, I also have endless time. I'm just very dumb. Um, so I need a tutorial. Anyway, what game did you have a negative experience with, Robert? I mean, of mine that are still here, uh, Sonic Superstars wasn't great. Pokemon Scarlet and Violet were not great. Uh, I'd say that's it for my games that I have left. How about this? We do like a sandwich because spy fox is not actually a good game so we'll put that in the middle and then you can okay. pick which one goes above and which one goes below <laughs> i think we could put sonic superstars first yeah sonic superstars is definitely first it's not bad. bad per se it just isn't good and it could be but they did like can you, they didn't can use the pixel art it? for it it's a normal 2d sonic game but it just feels like kind of clunky it feels like it's just not optimized in the same way you would expect from like a good 2d sonic game like sonic mania is once again the best 2d sonic game and then of course you know sonic 1 through 3 are classics and are still fantastic today i only played them all for the first time when i was like in my 20s so there are good 2d sonic games that i love and would consider some of my favorite games of all time this is just not good it, it doesn't it just feels choppy clunky the frame rate's not great it's they got like weird items added to it, like power-ups, but in order to use them, you need to stop to a halt, press a separate button, select it from a menu. And then it's like, well, I'm playing Sonic to move fast and enjoy that sense of speed. And then I want to stop to you. Yeah, you got to go fast. But then I have to stop <laughs> in my tracks to use an item that doesn't really even help me. It, it just, it doesn't feel well-designed overall. I, I can't fathom how they're fucking up a 2D Sonic game that they made in like the 90s and perfected like my mind just isn't processing it like is it literally just like you go in a ball and you go around hills and you collect rings like that's kind of the general i mean have you ever played a 2d sonic game i've played it on the genesis i think like one or once or twice okay so you don't really have a feel for it it's uh, the no, sense fully, of no. speed is like a big part of sonic and what makes it fun but there is also like it it, it incorporates platformer organically where obviously you have to slow down to do the platforming but like in a good sonic game that feels good and it feels fun to do and it kind of like if you do the platforming well you earn more speed and you earn like that fun sense of mm. like able to parlay like the platforming into the speed into the platforming into the speed and that's fun but that isn't in this game it just feels not well designed the levels are okay there's some atrocious ones there's some decent ones but the boss fights have been garbage, and that's always a you know key part of a Sonic 2D Sonic game. It's just disappointing, honestly. That's that's really sad to hear, and it's also really sad to hear that we have not one but two Sonic games that were defeated by Spy Fox. Spy Fox 2, <laughs> um, had to in be done. Twenty twenty three had, to, had be to be done. So wait, where does Sonic land then? So that's Sonic Superstars at fourteen, Spy Fox, some assembly required at thirteen, and Pokemon Scarlet and Violet at twelve. Did you play these at all or no? I didn't. I've heard about no, them. No, you though. didn't. This is the one with like uh in Inteleon or something like that. The spy No, that was Sword and Shield. Gecko. What is with you and the spies? <laughs> <laughs> I got a no, thing. I think you do. This was the one that released in like a terrible state. Um, there's just like tons of pop oh, glitches. Yes. The game crashes. Uh, the the frame rate might be three frames per second, when, three, like yeah. a normal game. So it's it's a horribly designed game in terms of on the back end. Um, and they still haven't fixed it today, like uh, over a year later, and they have no intention of doing so. Obviously, the Pokemon designs are okay. There's some that I really liked, which is. You know, oh, good. this is I the had duck, the crocodile. Yeah, this is the duck, okay, the crocodile, and the cat. And the cat. Yeah. Okay, okay, I do remember um, I hated most of the starter designs. I, I picked the the fire crocodile that turns into a fire gro ghost, and I really like that one, but the other ones I didn't enjoy. Um, what did you call the, the Mussolini story, duck? Like, always is garbage. Mussolini duck, yes. But he ends up being like a, a swan. A flamboyant, like, flamenco dancer or something. <laughs> And I was just like expecting like a like thick ass 
you know, big boy, major, like, intimidating Italian content. general, yeah. <laughs> and it, it, it was not that. <laughs> I'm sorry to hear that. Not honestly, the game could have been. No, I, I was gonna say the game could have been decent if the technical problems were better, but like the open world itself was also not fun. And this is a problem I have that we're gonna talk about with Fire Emblem Engage too. Is some of these like modern games don't really understand how to build a cohesive world that feels real. It's just like here's a desert, here's a mountain, here's a grassland, here's a marsh. And it's like, well, why are all those things just in a circle? That doesn't feel like a real world. It just feels like you need the, these biomes to be in your game and you're just plopping them down you know, next to each other. And it's like, well, this isn't really how a world would work. And you know, Nintendo has made games in the past where that actually feels you know, well done and organic. Pokemon has made games in the past. You know, mm -hmm. Ruby and Sapphire has a desert, a mountain, um, you know, with the oceans and all that. And it, it feels right. like it's incorporated into that world naturally this just feels like it you know this is supposed to be based on spain but nothing about this game says spain right it, it you know it, it just it's all dumped in there and it doesn't feel like a real world on top of the fact this is the first pokemon game where there are no buildings you can enter they got so lazy that you can't even go inside of a building i, I i'm just i'm so done with pokemon it it's such a shame that they've taken such a huge leap backwards since arceus like i don't know how they got worse than like Gen 4, Gen 5, which were supposedly amazing, right? Yeah. I mean, Legends Arceus, which we spoke about, I think it was last year it came out, I loved. It was a lot of fun. But obviously, that was a separate team making that game to this game, because this game only came out like eight months later. So they're capable of making something fun, but I don't think they... I think they just don't know how to make these mainline games anymore. I know, I know they don't have the time, but they certainly have the money. It, it's just sad that they don't have the standards that they set for themselves. Yeah, there's really no standards. It's just they sell 20 million copies and make absolute banks so they can sell, they can ship these games out in a terrible state and people buy them anyway. Bums me out, though. Okay. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. So that's that's Pokemon Scarlet and Violet at 12. I will go and get rid of Florence next. Have you heard of this one? No, I'm not familiar with this. This is like maybe an hour, hour and a half long game made by like a small Australian studio. It's their first game. And it's about like this girl who's kind of stuck in a rut at life. It's it's almost like a visual novel, not quite. Like there's a whole bunch of like little mini puzzle games. I don't even know what I'd call them games. Sounds like um, Spy that... Fox. No, it's better. <laughs> Spy Fox might be more complex than this, but the storytelling <laughs> is solid. Uh, it's about a girl um, who's just sort of in a rut in life, has problems with her parents, hates her job. And she, when she was little, she wanted to be like an artist and you kind of help her progress through like a relationship and kind of rediscovering her passion for art. Um, the, the two major problems I had with the game, it's a very simple game, but it has a very sweet charm and art style. The two major problems I have is one of the puzzle games. It's not even like a game. It's literally like in order to make her speak to other people, you literally connect like text bubbles but it's like literally like three pieces of a text bubble and you just snap them together and it's just tedious like there's it's mindless um that's the so first it's not part. really a puzzle it's just it just wants you to interact with it even exactly. though it's not really a game gameplay yeah there are some other pieces that were more closer to game like or more creative but that one ended up being one of the major gameplay elements and i was like you really could have done something better and on top of that doubling down on the text bubbles is you connect the text bubbles, but no dialogue is actually written. I think the team was kind of, I don't know if it's an artistic choice or they were not ballsy enough to make actual dialogue, but you just connect text bubbles and it's her responding to her boyfriend or whatever. But, and then you just go back and forth with these empty text bubbles. And I was like, what's the point of this? Besides that, it was a very lovely and charming game. And it's a simple one. It doesn't serve to go any higher than this. Did you feel enticed by this because of the art aspect? Uh, I was enticed because it was $2 and it was on sale for Black Friday. <laughs> <laughs> and then I looked it up online and people were like, yeah, it's worth the the one hour, 90 minutes. Uh, it's it's right. like a nice way of viewing video game as an art. And I was like, all right, I'm down. I'll check it out. And I, I did okay. enjoy it. It was, a, it was an overall positive experience. All right. That's all you can hope for, honestly. Overall positive experience for $2. <laughs> yeah. yeah it, was, it was not a waste of my time. And I think that like at our age with our busyness it's like if i get a game that's good and under 10 hours that's perfect i don't want a hundred hour final fantasy anymore like i was in middle school yeah i mean i 
<laughs> you know, we'll talk about this later because it, okay, it okay. is a factor in this conversation. <laughs> okay. Uh, Robert, you are at... Uh, we're in our top 10 now, right? Number 10, yep. I'll do Super Mario Land 2, Six Golden Coins. It's just, it's a Game Boy game from 30 years ago. I played it for the first time on Nintendo Switch Online. I don't know how I, I missed it, like, all these years. This is the first <laughs> time I've actually, like, gotten to play it. Um, It was good. It was it was a solid 2D Mario game. It had a lot of charm. It had some weird, funky level designs that aren't typical for Mario. Um, You know... There's only so much you can say about a 2D Mario game that anyone listening to a Game of the Year discussion, you you know what 2D Mario is. It was good. It was fun. I liked it. I liked that the little they had a little bunny power up in it for some strange reason, and that was really cool and cute. Uh, Wario was the final boss. I think this is his debut game. Uh, he's kind of funky looking. He's got like cross eyes. He's kind of dopey, which was funny. The final boss fight with him was fun too. It was a great game. You know, it took me maybe an hour and a half. But oh, is that fast? That's oh, a really quick game, yeah. Were, were all Game Boy games that fast, or is this one fast? Because they felt like quite a journey when we were kids. Well, that's the thing, because Super Mario Land 1 was probably the game I played the most as, like, a four-year-old, and I never beat that game as a kid. And I came back to it, you know, years later on the 3DS, and I beat it in 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> when I played it for years. Is that the one on the SNES, Super Mario Land 1? No, Super Mario Land is on the Game Boy as well. You're thinking of Super Mario World. Okay. You know, they got to work on these naming conventions. <laughs> it does get a little confusing. Yeah, this one looks kind of familiar. Like, it's hitting some nostalgia buttons in my brain. Maybe I owned this or played this at some point. Or maybe I've just seen it. No, it, was, it was a lot of fun, honestly. I, I really enjoyed it. It's, of my games left, though, you know, the lowest, because I do like the rest of the games I played this year. Okay. Uh, I don't know if I can say the same, so I will get rid of the next one. <laughs> And it will be Bug Fables, the Everlasting Sapling. Oh my god, I really didn't like Bug Fables. I liked it. I sunk like 25 hours. I think I maybe like one Did you beat dungeon. It? No, I didn't. I was one oh, dungeon away. Yeah. And um, I played this at the very beginning of the year. It might have been the first game I played in 2023 when I had COVID. And I would just like lay in bed like sweating with a fever and dying. And I played Bug Fables. And it scratches just a tidbit of an itch of paper mario which is what i was looking for like i was on just a tiny bit just the tiniest bit and it tries to do its own thing and it doesn't do it excellently and i was i had nothing better to do when i was sick obviously but last week i tried to pick it up and i'm like i'm gonna beat this game before game of the year and i sat in my no. bed for a good hour and i was in the middle of a dungeon and i was just like this is not fun why am i wasting my time playing this game there were definitely positive experiences back in January when I played it. And I appreciate that they tried to... This is people who definitely love Paper Mario and were trying to imprint their own legacy on it. But they just they just fell short in many different ways. I think ultimately the thing that makes Paper Mario Mario is Mario. And I just don't want to play as bugs. I don't want to like go through the forest and the woods and the grass and all that. You know, the the battle system was fun in this game. It's just, I didn't like the atmosphere of it. And it just can't scratch that itch without that, like, Mario charm for me. And I, I know that's probably years of being brainwashed by Nintendo to love Mario. And God but yeah, it. <laughs> you know, it worked. <laughs> and, I, and, you know, I don't really vibe with bugs. I, they were well designed. Everything was really well designed. But it just wasn't for me. And I couldn't push myself further than five hours and i i think part of it also might be the dungeon designs were not that fun the game was no. not fun to platform mm. and, and the puzzles were not fun to try and solve so you know the fact that you remember that says something and i, I will add that the puzzles are a nightmare like they're tedious tasks and it's very bad at using the z depth like x and y plane but the the z like from forward and backwards it no, has yeah. no idea how it does right. that with its projectiles yep. and things. So it was just a nightmare doing some of these puzzles. It didn't feel like, oh, I figured it out. I'm smart. It's more like, motherfucker, like, let me move this ice cube. And it's not going in the yep. direction I want it to. Um, that, I forgot to say, was an Im immense frustration while playing this game. Why is this ahead of Super Mario Land 2? It can go behind Super Mario Land 2. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, so we're going to do a switcheroo. Super Mario Land 2 at 9 and Bug Fables at 8. Or at 10, excuse me. I can I can work with that. I can work with that too? Yeah. Man, I wanted to love this game so bad. I did too. I did too. I, I am one of the biggest Paper Mario fans in the world. Of course, obviously, just the first two games because the other ones are dog water. But, <laughs> you know, it just didn't work for me. It's a shame. I, I think we're at the point where we're at mostly good games. Is that an accurate description, Rob? Correct, yes. I'd, I'd say okay. so as well. All right, then you're number eight. What do you got? Uh, F-099, free to download game. It was honestly a lot of fun to revisit F-Zero in this way. It was like a you know battle royale where you get knocked out. There's 99 racers and you're trying to you know be among the survivors and get first place. I, I played this for about five or six hours, which is a substantial amount for me with a racing game like this. I got first place once. And honestly, that's more than a lot of people like were capable of doing because it's it's really challenging. And when you first start it, like I couldn't even finish a race, like even like in the bottom 30 for my first like 20 races. But eventually you start to get in a groove and it's a game that really you really feel like you're earning getting better at it. And like there's some games where no matter how much I'll play it, I'll still suck. I suck at fighting games. I'll never get good at fighting games. But this like you really can just get better at it just by playing it and like figuring it out from there. So it, it felt rewarding and it was fun. And then once I got that first, like first place, I was like, I'm good with this. I really enjoyed this. I'm going out on top. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it was, it was fun. I think they're still updating it and adding like tracks and stuff. And I'll probably go back to it at some point, but I, I 100% overall enjoyed it. I have nothing bad to say about it other than I wish it was like a full fledged, brand new 3d f-zero you know with a story mode and stuff like that you know this is this uses pixel art which i love too but like i you know i i love a full like triple a release of a f-zero game but um sure other than that i i thought it was a ton of fun let me propose this let's let's push f-zero 99 to seven and let me get rid of at number eight robo rush which you've definitely never heard of yeah I, this is the one thing on the list where i was like reading and i was like i i don't know what robo rush is okay robo rush is a game developed by a friend of a friend that i played out in california and it's something that he worked on for the last two years and it's a one level platformer that's like a speed running game and the first time i played it i spent like 30 minutes trying to get to the end so basically you die it just resets you and you have to get to the end and get to the top of the tower um and there's spikes and different things that move and try and kill you it's it was so frustrating playing it in the beginning because I'm bad at platformers and all games in general. But the moment where I finally beat it and like figured it out, it felt amazing. And then our friends would just like take turns, like passing the controller around, trying to beat this game and get the next high score. And eventually we got it down to like a minute or like just under one minute. And there's like this guy who had like 45 seconds that we just couldn't beat. But like for like three or four days, we were just constantly passing it around, trying <laughs> to beat this guy. Um, one of our friends figured out a hack in the game where the, the game starts by clicking this button that opens the gate and that starts the timer. So you start your platforming. Uh, he figured out a way to get over the get over the gate without touching the button. So he died like 49 times. So the timer times. doesn't start? The timer never starts. So he beat the game and it probably took him 20 minutes, but he beat the game in 0.01 milliseconds or something like that. And just watching him do that was also hilarious. Um, Big chat overall, energy. Was, yeah. We're like, what the hell? And then he just types in for his name, score, uh, Sugma. <laughs> Sugma. Sugma. Earned it. Yeah. Ligma. Uh, Ligma. Yeah. Ligma's the number three score. Sugma's the number one so score. This sounds like it's more of the experience that it, that puts this game up top rather than the game itself, the, right? The experience the, around the game. Yeah, the game is absolutely fun, but there's definitely core memories being built here from this experience right. with friends, yeah. Um, so Which I'm happy to let it go aspect, at 8 of course. below F-099 if you think F-099 sounds like a better overall game experience. It's definitely more impressive. No, I mean, I, I think your I think your personal experience deserves to have your game higher. I have no problem with that. Okay. Then we'll put F-099 at 8, and then we'll put Robo Rush at 7. And just to help this friend of a friend out, it's it's genuinely very fun. If anyone wants to play it, it's a dollar on Steam. Uh, check it out and see if you can find the hack to beat this game in less than a second. <laughs> Who's up? Uh, 
I spoke most recently, so I can give it to you. And I think I only have two games. You have four left. If you think all four of yours are good, I can get rid of one of mine. No, I think I'm ready to get rid of Fire Emblem Engage. Um, this was the similar problem to Pokemon, like I was talking about, where the world building is atrocious. The game has, in a circle, it's plains, mountain, snow, desert. In okay. a circle, and then there's water in the middle. That's not a world. <laughs> and you're literally traversing it in a circle going around to each. That's problem number one with this game. Problem number two is that it has no story. The story is like a terrible, corny Saturday morning cartoon, which would be fine if it was done well, but it's not done well. It's Every story beat is so predictable. It's bland. The characters are, are stupid, brain dead. It just... The story sucks so much, and it's so unfortunate. <laughs> this has quite possibly my favorite gameplay in a Fire Emblem game. Really? But the key issue with Fire Emblem is that when the gameplay is fantastic, the story is dog, and when the, the story is great, the gameplay is mediocre. Like Fire Emblem Three Houses, which is one of my favorite games on the Switch and one of my favorite Fire Emblem games, has a fantastic story. Tons of fun with the story. The map design is terrible in that game. The gameplay overall is okay, but the map design is not great. And in Fire Emblem Engage, the maps are fantastic. It has some of my favorite maps in the game in, in the whole franchise, and the Battles themselves are fun. The gameplay is fantastic, but the thing that makes Fire Emblem fun is having incentive to, no pun intended, engage with the characters and want <laughs> to use the characters in these battles. So it just sucks that I don't like any of the characters. I don't like the story. I have no incentive to continue the story because it's terrible. I mean, obviously I beat the game because I love Fire Emblem, but I don't know. It's just really disappointing in that regard, but also really extra disappointing because the gameplay itself was so good. The gameplay must have been that amazing because the vibes you're giving off are so negative right now, like so disappointed that the gameplay must have been phenomenal for it to be number six on this list. I mean, Fire Emblem is probably my favorite game series of all time. So I'll, I did not know that. Yeah, I, I love Fire Emblem. So, uh, you know, I just once again, no pun intended, love engaging with the gameplay of Fire Emblem and the worlds that they built. But this <laughs> one's such a non-existent world that I was you know, really disappointed in that regard, but it was still fun to play. And this was kind of like an anniversary game. So like the main mechanic is that you have like the one, like a, a main character from each of the past fire emblem games as like an equipable item. They're like a spirit and they like work with you. And that was a lot of fun and that's integrated into the story. And that's the only part of the story that's kind of fun. Cause I like seeing all these characters, but it's like, it's, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's still not great. But, okay. you know, I, di I did love the game play itself. All right. Most important question. How are the waifus? Ah, not great. There's only like three. I think it's got to go to the bottom of the list. I think it's number 18. <laughs> three houses was just waifu hit after waifu hit. All right. I think that that's fair at number six, Fire Emblem Engage. And I have an easy number four or number five, excuse me. And that'll be Bastion, which honestly, I don't even think it's a great game. I think it's like a B tier game this is the one that's the the first game by super giant games the ones who made hades and the the narration is really fun the gameplay is pretty good and i think i've said this before but you can see a lot of the bones of hades coming from this game which was also really fun to see the story is decent it's a little bit vague but it's good enough to carry you along and it's probably one of the few games i actually beat this year um so that's why i said if you want to put engage above it uh, by all means, I'm not passionate about Bastion, but it was a overall good time to play. Uh, you know, I'm fine with Engage being at six because I think it's only fair that you have at least two games in our top five. And I, I, don't I don't need it. I feel so <laughs> negatively against Engage's story that, that it alone could put it out of the top five. I hope that our top four games of the year are genuinely really good feeling games. Because it'd be pretty sad if like five through 18, I mean, five through 18 are all sort of like, good to bad with major problems yeah i i think even our top three might not be perfect i think maybe number one and two could be decent <laughs> if both of those are yours maybe yeah actually uh, the, the one game i have left is excellent um have you, have you heard of a short hike i have heard of it yes i am familiar with it i've never played it though you would absolutely love this game yeah okay you should I, absolutely maybe get i should this game okay i'll look into that for sure then
I have actually seen a short hike for several months, maybe over a year now. But the one thing that kind of turned me away was it's like very grainy pixel art. And I was like, why are people saying such great things about this game? And then it went on sale for Black Friday for four dollars. I was like, you know what? People only say good things. Let me check it out. And it's such a lovely experience, Rob. It is definitely got some Animal Crossing vibes, like the character design and the dialogue. Um, you play as this bird who's on a vacation with her aunt on this giant mountain. And the aunt's like, why don't you just go for a short hike? And he, the bird's like, I want to use my cell phone. I'm waiting for a call. She's like, well, there's no cell reception unless you go to the very top of the mountain. So uh, have fun. <laughs> um, and you just go around and glide and climb the mountain. And you interact with villagers and do little tasks for them, get some treasure chests, go fishing, go digging for different tools. And the the dialogue is really charming. The art is charming. And the music, it's just, it's just a vibe. And it's only two hours. And I actually played it yesterday after we got back from the birthday party. And I laid in bed and played it. And I beat it in one sitting. And it was just, I wanted to 100% the game. I probably got to like 95%. But I just wanted to keep playing it, um, which is not something you get very often. How long is the game overall? Two hours, maybe two and a half if you 100% yeah. it. It's just ultimate cozy. So, um, and I think you would absolutely love it. Why are we getting rid of it at four? I don't think we are getting rid of okay. it at four. I think I just needed to put it on the table for uh, you since yeah, you it's good to give me the context. Games, yeah. Um, and the other three games are big name titles. We have Zelda, Pikmin, and Super Mario left. So use use the description for what you will. It's only a two hour game. It's an indie, so you can kind of decide the fate of that game. I would say at this point, then at four. I would like a short hike to make the top three. It sounds really cute and like something I would enjoy. So I think I'm going to check it out. Definitely have it on next year's list for our game of the year too, because it'll be my first time with it. But at four, then I'll put Super Mario Wonder, I think. Um, okay. You know, this is the game I've pretty much played most recently. And I think sometimes I am a victim to recency bias where, you know, the, something I'm playing you know, in, in recent months is something like, oh, I think this is the best version of this, or this is one of my favorite things of all time. And I think that'll come up in anime of the year. But in this case, I, I didn't really feel that with this game. Like, obviously, it's it's a great okay. Mario game. It's probably the best 2D Mario game since Super Mario World, which came out in, what, 1991? Wow, jeez. But, you know, it... There's, there's several important aspects of a Mario game, and I think it didn't nail a few of them. Music is incredibly important in Mario, and I, I'd say this had the least memorable soundtrack of any Mario game I've ever played. I, I'm sitting here mm. thinking right now, and I, I can't even think of a single tune from this game. Bosses are once again, something that I... They struggle with in 2D Mario. It's it's always seems to be that they just repeat the same character over and over, and that was the case in this game. It's Bowser Jr., like three or four times, and then I think it was <laughs> two of the worlds didn't even have a final boss. Like so that that in itself was disappointing. Um, yeah, but, you know those are the disappointments. It's still really fun. It's a really solid two D Mario game. I think it oversold itself on like the whole wonder aspect, which is these wonder effects change the way the stage is played. Um, some of them were fun, some of them weren't, but nothing was like, oh my god, this is this is so crazy, this is so unique. Like I never thought like I can't believe they thought to do something like this. This is, you know, so revolutionary. It it was it was fine. It was fun. Uh sometimes it was silly and you know, a good type of silly, but like it was never like this is taking Mario to the next step. Like this is, you know, this is a special type of game. It it's it's not. It's a fun 2D Mario game. And I like 2D Mario, so you know, obviously it was a great game, great experience, but overall it wasn't anything special. They marketed this game like crazy in Japan. Like yeah. between this game and Detective Pikachu, I saw these on the subway every single day when I was living there for two months. Um, and all I would fucking see is that elephant Mario. How How is that? It's fine. It, it's, it's really nothing. Oh, that's honestly. so disappointing. That's so sad. Yeah. The marketing got to me. I was like, this is probably going to be the greatest power-up since the Tanuki Tale. Um, I'm, I'm sad to hear that. It really doesn't do anything special other than it allows Mario to hit and, like, spew out water. That's basically all it does. That That's so disappointing. Yeah. I think we've used that word quite a few times this, this podcast oh, today, sadly. Yeah. 
Okay, Rob. It's not so a bad game, though. It's not a bad game. <laughs> it's a good game. It is. It is a good yeah. game that you wish was a generational talent. Yeah, I mean that. Yeah, that should be a lot to ask for. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. Uh, the fact that it's the best game since it's best two D platformer since 1991's SNES Super Mario World says something. I'd say. I want to move on from this, but it also doesn't say anything. Because there were only four other 2D Mario games, really? and they were the new Super Mario games, and they all sucked. Oh, oh no, I the first one on the that. DS was good, the Wii one was solid, and then I just couldn't give a crap about the rest of them at that point. All right, Rob, let's let's move on to number three then. Is it Pikmin, or is it a short hike? I think Pikmin, for me, is going to beat Zelda. Oh, interesting. So Zelda, the $70 monster of a game is going up against the $4 short hike. And I think it might lose. Really? (laughs) That's insane. In In a vacuum, Tears of the Kingdom is one of the greatest video games of all time. But Breath of the Wild exists, which means I already played Tears of the Kingdom seven years ago. The world is not nearly as different as people made it seem like heading into this game. There's one town added to this game after seven years. The Sky Islands, which is another thing that they marketed heavily, are just, you know, repeated designs plopped throughout the sky with not much to find. The underground is the only thing you're really finding down there are outfits, which is fun to explore to get the outfits. But nothing about this game game feels the way people tried to portray this game was this is not like a game that was worth seven years between zelda releases there was nothing between breath of the wild and tears of the kingdom other than remakes or spin-offs and this was 100 percent not worth the wait this is obviously still a fun game and seven years was enough time for me to forget about the world of Breath of the Wild, but the longer I played it, the more I was like, wait, I did this already. I've done this before. And you're charging me $10 more for an experience I kind of already had. I don't know. I mean, that's what Pokemon is every year. <laughs> yeah, but at least they pretend to yeah. have different regions. <laughs> this was the exact same world with some caves added in. I did not know that we'd be having this conversation right now. Is Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom our number three game of the year? Yeah, I think it's below a short hike. Wow. Man. Well, you you can add to this because you, from the start, didn't really enjoy Breath of the Wild. I love Breath of the Wild for the exploration and the beauty of the game. I think that the dungeons and the shrines, the shrines were miserable. Like, the fact that you need to do these side quests to make your guy viable enough to progress through the game was just such an unfun experience that stopped me in my tracks. But overall, <laughs> Wait, it was... What do you mean your guy? You mean Link. 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 <laughs> He's... Yeah, Link. There you go. Um, he has no such no personality, but that's also his shtick that I was like, yeah, my guy, yeah. you know? My my, my NPC guy. guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, literally not NPC. Literally playable character. Anyway. Um, yeah, that I was not enticed to play this game because I was like, I don't think it's worth $70. And because the way you described it, I was like... I already got all the best parts that I loved about Breath of the Wild, exploring that world. I don't need to do that again. And if it's a similar world, then I don't get to explore more and I don't want to deal with those dungeons. So I I don't really have a desire to play this game. I mean, people that have a better view or intelligence on game design have said all of these negative things about Tears of the Kingdom that it's not necessary me to dive into it. But like, I'll just say I feel kind of the same way as them. It's a great game. It's a ton of fun. If I didn't already play Breath of the Wild, this would be 100% the definitive way to play through this version of Hyrule. But I, I've already played this game. Just a curious question. like Story-wise, if you never played Breath of the Wild, could you just dive into this and just get like a better version of that game? Or would you need to start with the first one? No, this, this goes out of its way to not even acknowledge the events of the first game. What? I think so that new players could enjoy this. But, like, it just feels clunky at times and, like, confusing at times because sometimes it does acknowledge it, but then other times it's just like, nah, this 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 isn't important. Forget about it. That makes absolutely no sense because your main player base is going to be the people who played the previous game who love Zelda, so they want more story building off of the one that they nah, just beat. That makes no Nintendo sense. Nintendo refuses to even, like, 
potentially an alienate a new player. So you wow, know. crazy. Okay, so we're at number two. Um, I'm guessing this is a short hike, right? Yeah, yeah. Is there anything else you want to say about a short hike? It's it sounds great. I think it deserves number two. <laughs> I, I'm just baffled that this game that I played on a whim last night after your daughter's birthday party is our number two game of the year, uh, beating out some some real big hitters. I'm happy. I'm very proud and happy that it's number two. Um, there you go. So that that leaves you with Pikmin Four, our game of the year, 2023. Rob, let it. Let's, Hell uh, take yeah! It away. I loved Pikmin Four. <laughs> I have nothing negative to say about Pikmin Four. It was a ton of fun. Um, I, I think the main complaint about Pikmin 4 is that it was a little easier than the original three Pikmin games, but that was fine for me because I was never good at the original three Pikmin games. It just The whole thing with Pikmin is that there's like this sense of dread because you have to do things quickly and in order to like beat the game without dying or like getting a game, that final game over. Because in the first Pikmin game, you have like, I think it was a 30 day limit to get all the spaceship parts for Captain Olimar so he could, you know, take off and return home. And if you didn't do get enough parts in time, and if you reached 30 days, your ship would blow up and you would that's oh, it. You, you lost the game. <laughs> right. And this doesn't this doesn't have that. Um, but I, I like that aspect of it because, you know, time is not something I have a ton of anymore to play video games. So being able to just play this at a leisurely pace and just enjoy the vibes, enjoy the atmosphere, enjoy the music, enjoy the like great character designs and cool enemy designs and cute stupid pikmin sounds it was just uh, just such a pleasant experience i really enjoyed pikmin 4 i did not know that you were such a pikmin guy and i thought pikmin 4 might go out at like number five or something like that so it's a, it's a pleasant surprise to see it here i had pikmin 1 on the gamecube and i never beat it mm-hmm. like as a kid that was too tedious for me and too hard to like figure out how to get through the world um pikmin 3 i got for free and I it just didn't click with me, but I I don't know why I picked up Pikmin Four, even you know after those experiences with the series prior to this. But I ended up loving it. It was awesome. It was a blast. No complaints whatsoever. All right. Well, Rob, we we did it. Our first podcast back in two months, and we have completed our game of the year, twenty twenty three. Shall we run through the list one last time? Rob, number eighteen, Pokemon Sleep. Seventeen, Sonic Frontiers. Number 16, Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel. 15, Hollow Knight. 14, Sonic Superstars. 13, Spy Fox, Some Assembly Required. 12, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. 11, Florence. 10, Bug Fables, The Everlasting Sapling. 9, Super Mario Land 2, Six Golden Coins. 8, F-Zero 99. 7, Robo Rush. 6, Fire Emblem Engage. 5, Bastion. Four, Super Mario Bros. Wonder. Three, Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Two, A Short Hike. And one, Pikmin 4. Thank you everyone so much for listening and joining back with us after our break. Uh, The next two weeks are going to be our anime awards and our anime of the year discussion. So please look forward to that. Um, And it's good to be back, Rob. It's good to be back on the mic with you. Oh, yeah. We're back. We're back in business. Thanks, everybody.